So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life. The only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details. Hello, and welcome to Everyday Connection with your hosts, Rico Shields and Jean Victoria Norlock. Bringing your inner life to your everyday life. Welcome, everybody, to this Thursday edition of Everyday Connection. I am Rico Shields, and here to my left and slightly off center is, uh, <laughs> well, to, to this evening anyway, is my dear friend Jean, and how, Jean Victoria Norlock. How are you, Jean? No, no, they don't need to know my emotional state or my mental state, sir. Slightly off center, yes. Some some have called me so. I was calling you. <laughs> yeah, but you know. Physically, definitely off center, but that's okay. Um, sadly, I'm getting used to it. Wow, ouch! But that's a whole other topic for a whole other show, Sorry. and uh, there will be none of that allowed. I, yes. I have a session scheduled with Scott Werner that was recently on the show tomorrow, and Jean's going to be talking to him as soon as they open shop tomorrow so that uh, she can get on the schedule, too, this ASAP. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. And we'll get these cleanses going, and uh, I think that'll be a big help. Absolutely. Each step to healing can only take you so far, and uh, having gone back to work now almost full-time, um, combining that with the house, the radio show, and, well, just life in general, I'm exhausted, kids. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and I'm, I'm rather tired of being tired, so we're not going to do that anymore. Um, I do want to take a chance, though, at the beginning of the show, not to, to um, not to dwell on my current physicality, but rather to give a shout out to the nameless angel who returned my wallet to the grocery store last night. Um, and in saying that, uh, it's awarded me an opportunity to. Uh, chat for a quick second about faith and what the word quote unquote faith actually means um there's so many different ways of viewing it and i i hear a lot of people um describing faith as the belief that uh a higher power is is going to provide and take care of you um and the story of today's little incident was I went and got groceries last night, filled out a ballot, left my wallet there, didn't discover it till this morning, taking my daughter to school, going to do, you know, the big grocery shopping and realized my wallet wasn't there. And so, you know, like every other woman on the world, initial panic sets in and, ah, oh no, my wallet. Um, but immediately all of the the sessions and the shows that we've done and everything that I've learned in the last three years kind of kicked in. And No, I'm not going to panic. It's going to be at the last place I was, and I'm going to go into town 
fully expecting to walk into the grocery store and have it handed to me. And so as I was driving towards town, I was like, yeah, so that, that would be that faith thing. So when we talk about faith, we talk about it as believing that a higher power is going to take care of us. Um, but faith is not a belief system. It's, that's not a strong enough word. It's a knowing. It's a knowing in the deepest part of you that whatever occurs, whatever happens, is for your higher good, for your highest good. Um, and it's not easy to hold on to that all the time. But it can do wonders for changing the direction that your life is going. So regardless of how you express that divinity, be it Allah, God, um, Buddha, Krishna, whatever it may be, it goes beyond just belief in that higher power. It's, it's, it has to be a knowing. So Absolutely. when you're looking at your life and you're struggling with some of these issues, um, start small. <laughs> I always say start small. Um, you know, play with it a little bit. Uh, parking lots are great for that, especially on cold days for for those in the states and and Canada when you're struggling with this knowing that you will be taken care of and provided for start with knowing that you're going to get a parking spot closest to the door it sounds silly it sounds you know so unimportant to some people when you compare it to you know lifelong illnesses and and terminal illnesses and and cancers and stuff like that but it helps you to prepare and it changes the direction of your life and it changes the outcome because sure enough, I walked into the grocery store and was handed my wallet with everything in it, nothing missing. Even the change. Down, down to the last penny. Um, I, know, I, I, I used to know a lot of people yeah. that would say, you know, well, I found the wallet and I'm going to turn it back in with driver's license and credit cards and all that, but I'm just going to slide this 20 out of here as my reward. But you got it all. And this is a grocery store that's extremely busy. Um, and it was at 5 o'clock at night. So it's after work. So it's their busiest time of day during the week. Um, I can't imagine how many people. And I I left it right on the counter in field view. So I don't know how many people walked by it or, you know, had the opportunity. But I went to town knowing that it was going to be there and it was and and that is how I have um and you, I, that's you, how I strive to live my life is when I but you mentioned back to you panic. were you were tempted to be panicky right at first absolutely and and you know what it's not about never being panicked it's about checking yourself when you do get panicked there you go so what I, was looking I mean for. there is no yeah there is no such thing <laughs> has perfection and physicality except for the fact that your physicality no matter what it is is perfection because it it's it's born from divinity so in knowing that even your panic is perfection because that's an experience but you can check it and you can change the course of of what's going to happen and it starts with faith and 
you know, especially at this time of year, um, you know, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's a poignant little reminder of how powerful that knowing can be. So I just and that want is to a, remind everybody that... I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I thought you were to... No, 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 carry on. Go ahead. I, well, it's... it's it, <clears throat> some people have disagreed with me slightly. I, I, okay, some people have argued with me that, well, you can't go to knowing until it's, you know... The faith is the believing something that you don't know. And I said, no, 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 no. <clears throat> faith is can begin with believing, but faith is, you know, believing in something you can't see, not something you don't know. But you really, it really doesn't manifest until you move that little subtle shift from believing to knowing. Now, now, little things that get your belief going with, like the parking places, is perfect because those are little things you don't have a lot of resistance around, and uh, and that can be fun. I did it at the grocery store today. I um, uh, saw a parking place. It's a good parking place. I was going to go get that parking place. I get around the corner to where I'm lined up on the aisle where the parking spot is, and lo and behold, there's a car over there with its turn signal on. And I'm like, uh-oh. So I just stop. I'm looking at the other car. They're looking at me. And, and, and so I put my hand up like, yeah, yeah, go ahead. And they put their hands up like, no, no, go ahead. And right then, the car right next to that spot started backing out. And and and, and we just both parked right there <laughs> together. And that and that's the the beauty of of being able to live in that in that space. And you can take it so much further than just finding your wallet. Um, one of the biggest arguments I have with people all the time, especially doing the work that we do, is um, and and. Everybody who follows the show knows that I've I've put some some audio bits out there, um, you know, to to make the point that that I I'm just not going to buy into this idea that human nature is greedy and and vengeful and I I can't do that I can't play that game anymore um, and and knowing that everything is for your highest good also allows you to know beyond a shadow of the doubt that the people that you interact with are also in your life for your highest good. Um, and it will change how you relate to people. It will change how you view people. Um, you'll begin to fully expect them to return the wallet. In fact, it, it won't even enter your mind that somebody would pick it up and put it in their pocket. No. Uh, and that can... That will become it, the odd you know, thing out. Yeah, They're yeah, it would be, be like, strange. What? They did what? It would be strange for somebody to do that. You would be like, huh, that's weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, like, that just never happens because it Yeah. It doesn't have to, anyway. So, so you know, that's just my thing for today. Um, I know lately that's I've cool. been having a thing every day, but that's okay because that's why, why I go out into the world and have these interactions so that I can bring them back to the show and, and have a thing to share. So this week's thing, today's thing, is it's faith and, and taking it beyond belief and 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 bringing it to the level that it deserves um, and, and that's the knowing and, and working on that and um, and 
bless your hearts for listening and for trying and for, you know, succeeding. Because once you try, you will succeed. Yeah, Guaranteed. that's why I wanted to point out the being tempted to panic thing. It. Oh, hell yeah, panic. In <laughs> and uh, the trick is to catch yourself. Yeah. And to ca- it's nice if you can catch yourself real early on, like you did in this case, Gene, because if you let that train get going, if you go ahead and panic for an hour, you, that's going to be a real hard train to stop. But, you know, if the train has just barely moved an inch or two, you know, you hit the brakes, the train just stops. And um, so break the train, and you say, and we say, you know, catch yourself doing it and then get get back to your center. And you say, yeah, I catch myself doing it, but I don't, I'm not so good at the getting back to center. I go, I get back on the train. Well, just keep interrupting it because it can't build up momentum if you keep interrupting it. And one of those times, you know, I mean, that's, it's, it, this is a step-by-step baby steps thing. And, uh, it's, it's kind of like you said about the journey of healing only taking you so far, uh, this, the steps. Well, but generally, this step leads to that step, or at least you, yeah, know, you make a step, then you get the view of the next step. You know, that, that's the thing. Be, like being human is about the invisible bridge. And, and, and about the question. Every, every answer is going to lead to another question. So embrace that and embrace the, the journey of the growth and the expansion and, and you know, never assume that that you're at the pinnacle of where you need to be because if you were, you wouldn't be here anymore. Sure. So just enjoy the process, you know. Um, speaking of processes, yeah, do you think I, she's passed? The I, patient's I, test? I was going to say, <laughs> we normally call this the patient's test to, you know, see if our guests can sit and remain silent while we banter. But uh, our guest this evening, uh, Cynthia Lane, spent five years largely in silence. So we'd have to talk a while to test her patience, I think. Oh, wow, I didn't know. But yeah, 2002 yeah. to 2000. And so, well, you're not supposed to. You don't do the research on the oh, people. Okay. Uh, I have to at least find out enough that I can wing an introduction. Uh, <laughs> but it's fun part of our process that, that for any new listeners tonight, that Jane tries not to really learn much, except maybe go to their website, like at the very beginning of the show, um, so that she can experience, like, our, like our listeners, our our friends and family are experiencing it, that it's brand new to her because it changes often what questions pop into your head. Uh, it, it really does. And, and keep in mind that we have a lot of podcast listeners who can't make it to the show because it is an internationally available show. Um, and there's people that are listening at all different times of the day to the podcast um, for the days following the show. So I like to come with a fresh a fresh outlook, and, and I, you know, that's why always with the first question. So let's get to it, and we'll find out uh, what's going on with this woman who managed to stay silent for five years. Can you? I, I don't even want to. <laughs> I don't think I could do that. It's a lot we'll, to think we'll about, but, you know, um, it, it, it was a journey that started a while ago with some things that many people have heard about, um, but we'll we'll let her tell those, but... but uh, uh, Cynthia Lane of First Light Transformations is with us tonight. How are you, Cynthia? I am doing great, and I totally enjoyed listening to you. It was not a question of patience. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. So there. <laughs> so there. Take that. Uh, 
All right, Cynthia. So let's let's get down to uh, the most important question of the evening. Who on earth are you, and what do you do? What do I do? Um, hmm. My inner sense is that I never do anything, but on the outside, this is what it looks like. <laughs> um, I work in what I call the very first expression of creation. Um, my sense of life, my experience of life, is that everything just is that we are all just impulses of the infinite. So I live in that infinite place, but I obviously don't live in a totally abstract world. I'm here, I'm in the body, I see things, I feel things. And so what is the the nature of the expression of being? I call it the first light of creation. So if we could think of creation as occurring in some kind of progression, it goes from Total being, total nothingness, no content, just isness. Hard to even find a word for it. And it takes on the appearance of form. And the first form that it takes is this virtually infinite. It's not even light in a visual sense. If we were going to talk about the Big Bang, it's that which came even before there were photons. So I call it first light, but it really precedes what we consider to be uh, visual light. And that first light is the source of the whole creation. So it's infinitely creative. And every possibility that we can imagine and zillions that we can't imagine all emerge from that first light. And when I work with people, that's the level from which I work. I join with them. Uh, I more or less become one with them in that field of light. And from that field of light, we can see that Really, life is just a dream of light, that all the forms that we see around us, all our belief systems, all the events that occur, everything is really just light dreaming itself into a particular form. And so what I do is I help people to let go of anything that we could say is a limiting belief system, anything that makes them think that this is how things are, this is real, this is how it is. And I help them to let go of that uh, first by helping them to merge with that light so that they can come to know themselves as beings of light. And then I help them know that even these apparently dense physical bodies are also made of light. And from there, from that place of all possibilities, from that tremendous transparency of existence, it's much easier to let go of what we call limiting belief systems, emotional constructs, physical constructs, and so on. How did that go? <laughs> oh, that's that's beautiful, and uh, what a calling! But it's um, it's interesting because we we get an awful lot of folks on the show that you know I didn't know anything about spirituality. I hated the whole idea. I was a scientist. I was an engineer. Blah, blah, blah. And then you know, in two thousand and two, and I mentioned the living largely in silence from 2002 to 2007. That's where I picked that number out of the, out of the air uh, or your webpage. Uh, but that, you know, I suddenly had an awakening, awakening and, and, and so I've been on the path ever since then. But um, you, I would say, started this journey really. Um, you say you conversed freely with the being that you had inwardly invented to right wrongs, heal whatever hurt, and you know you're inside God when you were a little kid. Right. Um, 
But um, during your college days, you, well, for example, in 1967, you were in Berkeley. That's right. And um, at least folks that have studied their, their hippie history will know that Berkeley was just a hopping place in 1967. Yes, it was. And San Francisco. Wow. And, you know. and, that must um, have been insane. Where you actually learn transcendental meditation by from Maharishi Mahesh Yogi. Yes. Not from third hand, fourth hand, but... You know. Well, I actually, I he gave uh, my introduction to TM. He gave the introductory lecture, but I learned from one of the people he made as a teacher. The actual instruction process was from somebody he, he qualified as a teacher. Yes, but but still. But he was yeah. But I did actually meet him before I learned. Um. So that's so, um. I I I, I want to hear a little bit about that story. What do you think, Jane? Because that's we don't get that yeah, very often. Yeah, I absolutely. I want to know how this all. I so mean, the five years of silence to... was more a pinnacle type thing than a beginning. It was the final. It was the final stage of a long spiritual path. Yeah. And, okay. and if I may, because I want to take, I want to, guys, I want to take it even a little further because we do have a lot of parents that listen to the show, um, and I'm always trying to encourage parents to acknowledge that um, the, the things that their children see uh, are not necessarily imagination. So if you don't mind also touching on your childhood as well, because that's I think it's important for people to understand how in tune. Um, our, our tiny humans are to um, right. the things that we can't necessarily see. Okay, so I'll, I'll I'll be linear. I'll start in time. I, when I grew up, it was in a very I'll call it a very iffy neighborhood in New York City. It was a very tough neighborhood, and even when I was a little girl, some very scary things happened. I got lined up against the wall and threatened, and you know things like that. And I think. Um, the only way that I could feel safe in the world was to feel that there had to be um, something, someone, not someone, but some being that was making things right. That somehow, you know, and I saw a lot of, um, you know, sad things happened and cruel things happened. Uh, life in New York was, was, it was tough for a little kid. And um, I, I just, I always had a sense that there was some, some force, some being that was making things right. So that if I saw mean things happen, I just felt that somehow it would balance out somewhere in the end. So I, I think that my initial experience of God was totally of a faith, but also maybe a little bit um, my uh, based on my own emotional needs so that I could feel safe in the world. So it was maybe part intuition and part... Um, needing to feel safe in the world. So that was how I... Well, it's a beautiful description to me, um, and not unlike a modern, you know, fancy, all-knowed-up astronomer. Probably started off as a little kid talking about the twinkly lights in the sky. Right, right. You just talk about it. Your relationship changes, but... Anyway... So it, so it was it was it was fundamental to my 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 being in the world and then um 
when I went to college, I first went to college in Oregon, and then I moved down to San Francisco really right when the great, you know, flower child revolution was, was getting started. And it was, it was, it was a really fun place. Um, people there really uh, reached out to each other in love. So initially it started out as something wonderful. Later on, I have to say that, you know, a lot of hard drugs came in and things like that. And, and instead of people coming together to give, a lot of people started coming in to take and things more or less fell apart. But right around the time that I learned meditation, things were still pretty good. And um, there were a lot of different uh, techniques around, and I really was, um, I was a seeker. I was exploring. I, I always felt that, um, that there was nothing, in quotes, wrong with the world. What I felt was that if I was unhappy, it was due to my inability to appreciate the beauty in the world. And I think I was very fortunate in knowing that I had to change myself. Absolutely. Um, so I and there were so many different And that topics. early. <laughs> yeah. I was very kids blessed. today may not understand that, but us old folks. <laughs> yeah, we, I mean, I really felt that if I was suffering, it was due to my, something inside me had to change. And um, so I began to explore a number of different techniques, a um, number of different masters. But when I learned the TM technique, I felt something really, really uh, powerful happen. And I think it was just, my destiny to connect with that tradition, and um, I uh, went to a course with Marishi the next year, and then I saved money to become a TM teacher, and once I became a TM teacher, that was it. I loved teaching meditation. I loved the gift that it was to people, and I loved the people, <laughs> and it was a, a huge vehicle for me to, to uh, travel not only around this country, but in other countries of the world, and just to meet people, and I think I just adored every single person I met through teaching TM. So it was a gift to them and, a, and an equally huge gift to me. It was a great thing, really. Um, and then, um, so part of the time I was teaching and then for seven years I actually went into a, a convent lifestyle where um, we just lived um, like non, non-sectarian nuns. We were just meditating all day and just, you know, very, very inward. So I did that for seven years. And so you can see my my focus was always on um, spiritual growth. That was my one and only focus. I wasn't even trying to have a normal life. (laughs) And it it sounds like from your teenage years and and possibly from your youth, your focus was on yourself, not on going out and trying to change the world. Well, when I was teaching meditation, I was very much trying to change the world because we, you know, we really believed that if you if enough people's consciousness became expansive, became filled with light that that would in turn, you know, that would be very transforming for all of society. Well, um, so, I, I would have to say that agrees with agree? my view of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And I think it has, but uh, so, so I was very much—I was very much dedicated to changing the world. But I also knew that I had to change myself as well. Right. That, okay. That. But that's because, what I mean is that from an early age, you knew that it started there. And right, right. Yeah. And the inspired actions—I'm not—we we, we don't want to fork off too far, but the inspired actions come from that. And and you can't just sit on the couch, but. 
or sit in a mountain cave and change the world, but inspired but action. To push <laughs> you actually can. <laughs> well, yeah, okay, you can, but... One, one thing I've learned is that there are as many paths as there are people. And for some people, you know, the, their path is to train, change the world politically, some through business, some, uh, you know, some through being monks and nuns, some through being spiritual teachers, that there are as many paths as there are people. And one of the most important things I think that anybody can do is to, to recognize the uniqueness of their own path um, and and to embrace it and love it and not try to make it be look like somebody else's path. Right, like in in uh, in Berkeley in San Francisco, you tried uh, several right. things before TM clicked for you. Right, right, right. And um, and certainly no insistence that TM's like the way, but it was for you. It was for me, and at the time I was teaching it, I did think it was the way, but I grew out of that. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, and and then what happened was you know the, the I I had taken I would say the most um what's the word I I had taken you know I was just totally devoted to to evolution and I uh, wasn't really I, and the TM technique is all about and the whole Vedic tradition is about finding the self by closing your eyes and transcending and finding the infinite within you. And I think to some extent that took me out of the world in a, for me, what was an unhealthy way and that I had to come into balance. So life sent me a Native American teacher and I found that I, it was like every cell in my body had to turn around 180 degrees and I had to be able to find the self in the world. I'll give you an example. So when you do transcendental meditation, you close your eyes, or any Vedic tradition, and you, and you transcend, you go inward, you find the self, but you, you, you transcend the body, you, you're just gone. So my first Native, Amer- uh, Native American teacher used to tell a story. Um, it was known when he was a little boy that he was special, you know, that he had special gifts. So he received special training from the time he was very young. And his first teacher was his grandmother, and he was maybe four or five years old when he started training with her. And what she used to do was tell him to go outside and stare at a leaf. She said, just focus on a leaf, maybe for one or two hours. So you can imagine this, for a little four or five-year-old boy <laughs> wow. having a on a leaf for a couple of hours. She said, so then he would go in and his grandmother would say, what did you see? And he would say, nothing. <laughs> so then she would say, okay, the next day, out again. She said, after about six months, a leaf opened up, and the whole world was in that leaf. The whole cosmos was in that leaf. It was totally transparent. It was infinite. So what I learned from that was everything that the Vedic tradition had said I could achieve only by closing my eyes. Here was a tradition that said, you can get to the same place with your eyes open. And this was so important and so grounding for me. And it was also about um, very much everybody having their own relationship with God. So there are no gurus, you know, there are no absolute teachers. Just just use your own relationship with with the divine. And that was also very, very important to me because I had followed a guru for so long. 
And now I needed to find that everything that the guru had, I had, I had in myself. And that's what I want everybody to know, <laughs> that they are all that. You know, we all have the same light. And I think that's, that... That's awesome. We say so often on the show, get that word off our planet. Off our Although planet. we know... We we know um that the original the original meaning of the words um is, is definitely, you know, honorific okay. and honorific but it's also accurate. Um right. but at the same time what the word has become has come to mean uh is, is something that people. makes me it to many people, um, is something that makes me very uncomfortable because like you said, everybody has it within them. Um and, and yeah, and everybody's so highest authority in their life is inside, not yeah. there in an orange robe or right, other right. headdress. Right. <laughs> so I always just say the real gurus will all tell you, I'm not a guru. The gurus in you. You go find, go see. Exactly, and and I have to say, Marcy always said um, he wanted everybody to what he to be what he called self. That's self with a capital S referral which is the same thing as everybody owning the self and being guided by the self with a capital S, being guided by their own being. But, you know, things, teachings get distorted. Oh, sure. And, and, and it's so much easier to look outside for an answer than to look inside. So it was really, really important for me to, to make that switch. That was my path. So, <laughs> and I have to say that, you know, the Native tradition is still very, very precious to me. But um, and, and of all the traditions that I have been privileged to know, it's the one I most resonate with because I just love the earth so much, and I love the earth traditions. But I also live in a place where um, I see all traditions and all paths as equal, and mm-hmm. that there are so many paths and so many traditions and so many healers and teachers so that everybody can find someone to help them find out who they really are. Well, the whole point of this whole coming here and being human thing is for the experience. And and in order for that original source light to have a complete physical experience, then there would have to be an insane amount of diversity. Right. So we dishonor we dishonor that source light when we question the validity of somebody else's belief system. Absolutely. Everybody's path is so unique, and we're each the leading experts on our own lives. And we can learn a little bit of this from this person. Perfect. Yeah, and it, it's... Um... It's almost what we mean when we talk about tales around the campfire is we're just kind of, you know, can you show me the ways? Well, no, I can tell you how I got here, but, yeah, uh, you know, and maybe something will tickle your fancy, but I, didn't, I, I don't know where you, I can't be where you are or were or so. <laughs> I don't know for you, but we like to, that's why we love hearing everybody's, you know, all these various and sundry mm-hmm. routes people have taken because, um it what well, the it, best hope for us the the ultimate the ultimate prize so to speak for what we do is for any 
and every one of the stories and, and the guests that we bring on to inspire somebody to embark on their own journey. Uh, beautiful. And and we've we've had some we've had some amazing things and uh, uh, mm-hmm. uh, um, some amazing transformations. Uh, we're just about at our or just just past our half hour mark. Uh, let's say we take a little break. And um, I think we should play Earth Prayer in honor of her connection with the. Um... Absolutely. And um, uh, a little Hawaiian uh, indigenous. Uh, Wisdom and and uh, sentiment, and then we'll uh, we'll hear a little bit more about how we got to here, or something. We'll we'll talk about something. This I am certain of. Uh, so uh, this is our uh, dear friend Ina V uh, with her song Earth Prayer, and uh, I'm going to put her website up in the chat room and on the uh, archive because she has a fantastic Earth Prayer project inspired by this song where she uh by the song I think ninety nine cents and but that money goes to do some amazing things. So um Enovi with Earth Prayer will be back in about five minutes. Stay with us folks.
west and the thunder, of the east and the sun. In the north, the shining elders, and the south, our mother's womb. To those above and below us, to the seen and unseen, those who have walked before and after, we ask your assistance to live simply. Please forgive us, for we know not what we do, and we thank you for all your help. friend Ina V. Uh, and for our podca- podcast listeners, you can find her. It's just inav.com. That's E-N-A-V-I-E.com. And uh, check out Earth Prayer and the Earth Prayer Project. Amazing stuff. Jean? Yes. Sorry. Oh, okay. oh, I was just checking. I lost you all for a brief second earlier. I was afraid it might have happened again. Oh no no it didn't happen again I just you know how I get when I hear that song <laughs> Oh I know that's why when I'm positive we're good two breaks I don't play it till the second break because you you have a uh, uh, Cynthia was t- saying she resonates most with the native teaching because she just loves the earth and I was thinking yeah it could be describing Jean. Yeah. Choking pictures of pollution or something. You're, that could be bad. She gets all really. It's really. I've bad. been known to break down bawling. Yeah, and and not be placated <laughs> and, until somebody presents the plan for how we're going to stop it. <laughs> yeah. I'm too sensitive, but it is what it is. So you wonderful lady, I have to ask. Um, before we get into anything else, because it fascinates me, um, and I'm sure it probably fascinates many others, um, the monastic lifestyle, to go into silence for seven years, I am, was it five, five. years? It, five, okay, it's, it ended in 2007, that's right, that's where the seven came from, yeah, yeah. okay, my, um, I'm, how do you do that? Like, I, I just, I'm in awe of that, in total awe of your well, ability to do. I it, it, I hadn't planned on it. I well, there were two periods. There was the period when I was still with the TM organization, where I did actually live an official monastic lifestyle um, 
for seven years, and there were times when I was in silence and times when I wasn't, that I wasn't, but we did spend six or seven hours a day meditating. And then there was the time later on in New Mexico, and when I moved to New Mexico, to tell you the truth, I had no idea that that was how life was going to unfold. <laughs> I didn't plan on it. I didn't take a sacred vow. It was just a very, very clear to me after six or eight months of being here that that was what... Um, you know, what my soul had planned, what God wanted for me, because um, I came here, I, I love New Mexico, it's gorgeous here, and I love the earth, and, and I thought, oh, I'm going to start a whole new life here, but everything I tried to do just dissolved, and I'm usually really good at making friends, I couldn't connect with anybody, everything I tried to do just plopped, and so finally I got it, that I wasn't supposed to try to do anything, um, so what I started to do was to support myself was I made jewelry. I strung beads. And I called it living in the content-free zone because I would just, you know, have these visions of, of what to create and it would just unfold and there were no thoughts between the vision and the, the actual event. And pretty soon my whole life became like that, just I call it the content-free zone. And I would have many, many days when I didn't talk to anybody. It was just me and God and the earth. And um, it was beautiful and it was perfect and it wasn't difficult because it was what I was supposed to be doing. It would become difficult if I tried to change that, if I tried to add more activity to my life. And what it was, it was a huge emptying out every last belief system that was left inside me. It just dissolved. And I just dwelled in that content-free zone. And when there was nothing left inside, then we could say there was room for light with the capital L. There was room for God. There was room for divinity to just take over my life. So that was just my, I mean, of course, there are many, many, as we said, many, many ways for this to unfold. But my ways, my path seems to involve um, lots of silence. And um, I love well, that content. same restlessness that you that you felt, or or wrongness, or not quite fitness uh, that you felt if you tried to increase your activity. It's, others it's might feel that. Others might feel that trying to be silent when their exactly. path is different. It, Perfect. But, but it, that's exactly it. But this was right for me, and so if I tried to do anything else, nothing would happen anyway. So I just um, I just gave up trying. Sutton would take long walks and string beads. Yeah. I, I imagine time became fairly malleable during some of those periods. Yeah, there was a real sense of timelessness because I had very few appointments. <laughs> you know, I go to town, buy groceries, occasionally talk to a friend, but um, most of the days were just perfectly silent. And it, it just became natural. And it's, it's wonderful living in the content-free zone because you just let go of every thought, every belief, every judgment, and you just come to the point where, or I came to the point where everything just is. Everything just is. And when we try to add an adjective onto that, it's an interpretation. And, of course, we can't live totally without interpretations, but the underlying reality is knowing that everything just is. You know, my body will still say it's cold, <laughs> not yeah. just it is. <laughs> but, the, the, but the meaning to... The meaning to all those things is what we bring to them. They're they're right. sort of meaningless on their own. Right. Sort but, of. 
Not but exactly. It's recognizing that we bring that meaning to it, but there's nothing universal about that. And that we can therefore choose the meaning we bring to it. Right, or we could choose to not even seek meaning. We can just live in the mystery and stop asking why. Right. And just be with things as they are. It was so beautiful when you were talking earlier about becoming aware of the perfection of life as it unfolds. And that really is, uh, you know, where the happiest place a person can come to, where everything, you just know that everything is unfolding exactly as it should be. Yeah. That life is exactly as it should be. And we don't even need to, we don't need to know why. Um, why is, is uh, kind of a, a white man's curse. <laughs> Why is kind of a human thing? <laughs> it, it, it's it's actually it's uh it's um it's not just a, it's not a human thing because most indigenous societies don't ask why. Uh, well, uh, then well, let me say a, a societal thing. It's a societal thing. Yeah, it's a Western society thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's okay. Why and how is just you know, boy. Right. Industrial revolution, just, science. It's why and how. And show me. Right, and and it's just learning to be content with life as it unfolds and not needing to know why it happens. It's just happening. So be one with it. And ultimately, to be life with a capital L unfolding, to be that in which we have faith, to be that in which we trust, so all the duality just disappears. So... You are just life unfolding. I am just life unfolding in a particular way, and there's really almost nothing to have faith in or trust in. That's the ultimate when we just come into that total oneness with life. That knowing. That knowing. That's it's, it, it, it's beyond belief. It's just knowing, and it's you know. Right. It, it, Which I really believe was the original intention of the word faith. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you go back to the original teachings in any religion, in any of the ancient teachings, the original intention of the word faith, I believe, was just to live in that space of knowing. Yeah, not to have but some But again, belief. over over the time, things can be lost in translation. And to and, have faith um, that if you do certain things <laughs> or donate certain amounts of money or, oh, no, don't go, don't, don't, soapbox, sorry. <laughs> But again, I mean, if you go back to if you go back to the knowing that everything is for the highest good, then we also know that all of, all of the things that have been lost in translation were lost in translation for a reason. Oh yeah. So we could find them again. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's I, a fun I can see. <laughs> you know, I I remember one time when I during that that five-year period of silence, and I was I was walking. I usually walk for one or two hours a day, just that was my earth time. And all of a sudden, it was just, it was like I, I clicked into a life um, where I realized how it would feel to live a life without any agenda whatsoever, but just to be present to the moment, to whatever the moment was showing me, whatever the moment was giving me, not to have any kind of an agenda, and it was such a beautiful freedom. And that's where we can live, when we live from that place of oneness, and everything we do is inspired by that oneness. 
we stop trying to make things happen or manifest things or, you know, this whole control thing that we have, and we just are one with life unfolding, living wholly and fully in the moment. And that's where that one of the one of the things that humanity is um, is learning today is that you know we are in control of absolutely nothing. So most of what we do is to try to bring some control into life, but whether we're learning it through you know personal crises or natural crises or economic crises, we're just not in control of anything. So why not just give up and and just be one with life unfolding? And, and be one with the perfection of life unfolding as you and you and you and you. And, and That's it, it. It reaches the point where you can greet each moment like Christmas morning. Perfect. Don't know what's going to be in that package, but man, well, greet it like you did Christmas morning when you were four, you know. Right. You didn't know what was around the corner. You know, my parents wouldn't let me go in the living room and, I didn't know what was in there, but I was so excited. I just couldn't hardly stay in my body. It was just, you know, wow, it's coming. It's going to be cool. And and really, they were very good at surprising me. And 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 so it was often something I didn't expect. And um, and life, every every breath, every moment of life can be like that. I don't I don't stay there all the time, but I think that's most of the time. Way. Just expecting, expecting the best. <laughs> uh, well, and and almost like not even worrying about what to expect. It just has to be. This is my first right. choice. This, just knowing that whatever happy. was in that package, it was going to be. It was going to be good. It was going to be awesome. And Perfect. So it gets, but it, that's the feeling that I get when I get in that space is that it's just. It, it, that's, yeah, <laughs> it's 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 almost hard to put words to. It, it's, yeah, it's such a pervasive uh, from your gut right out through the top of your head type <laughs> feeling of excitement and curiosity and interest and oh boy, look more, yeah. more <laughs> look more, and it it just almost well it absolutely doesn't matter what that more is. It's yeah. gonna be cool. <laughs> I just, I just picture you know, a puppy. When you say that, and and, you know, maybe that's why we have pets to bring us back to that, and that's why, um, why we have children to bring us back to that childlike sense of wonder. You know, I I, I don't want to. You know, they were. I don't want to hijack, but. Uh, Abraham, this fella showed up at one of these Abraham talks. I'll try to be I'll try to be fast. Um, and he said, uh, "I promised I wouldn't ask would not ask this question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Uh, why does the dog risk stick its head out the window of the car and risk getting bugs in its eyes?" And Abraham said, "Well, you can go tell all of your friends that you've asked us the most profound question anyone's ever asked us, and we've been waiting many years for it." The dog sticks its head out the window because the ride is so worth it. <laughs> and that's exactly the way you felt when you came here. And it's exactly, really, the way you feel right now. <laughs> yeah. 
just like, ooh, ooh, look, more. <laughs> That's beautiful, yeah. <laughs> mm. Minding the bugs. <laughs> yes, well, you know, children and puppies. We Part of the all, journey. We could all learn a lot. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, shall we shall we take a quick break, Jean? And then uh, I want to be sure that everybody hears about the the services that you're offering and you you uh, uh, some of these tours and things that you do. How to find her and yeah. connect with her and your website. And learn a little bit and uh, what you got coming up because uh, it's been delightful to be in your to share in your energy and uh, I know that we've got listeners that will want to do more of that. Oh, well, thank you so much. I'm delighted to share to share in your energy and just to join with you and anybody who's listening. Lovely. Awesomeness. So we have a little... Well, let's take Aquarius. her back to 60, shall we? Yeah, <laughs> but a new yeah. version of the Age of Aquarius, a little bit. Uh, but one that we really enjoy here at EC. If, well, my mouse... Okay. Whew. Mouse quit working there for a minute. Uh-oh. In December 2012, and electronics are a bit iffy, it seems. Mm-hmm. So anyway, this is the age of Aquarius. Oh, weird. Uh, yes, global weirding abounds. You're uh, playing that just because you want to remind us of the 60s, I know. <laughs> actually, we no, this almost every version. show. Um, and oh, this is actually um, coming up to being more and more appropriate as we are on the eve of New Age Eve. Um, yes. So, yeah, we've been playing this song a lot. And December 20th. I think you'll really appreciate the change in wording. Yeah. Oh, okay. From our this friend time. Jolene. And uh, for our listeners out there, you can find her at Jolene, J-O-E-L-E-E-N, world.com. We'll be back in about four minutes. Stay with us, folks. Everybody has a story, a moment in their life that was a turning point to set them upon a path of self-discovery and adventure. Here at Everyday Connection, we value the sharing of those moments, recognizing them to be the inspiring and uplifting gifts that they truly are. We would like to show our appreciation, not just to our guests and sponsors, but to our listeners and supporters who make it possible for us to share those stories. If you would like to support the continued success of Everyday Connection, share your own story, or know somebody whose story can touch the hearts of others, Drop by everydayconnection.me and find out how you can become a part of our ever-expanding EC family.
Sometimes she's in the uh, northern end of the Appalachians and uh, outside of a uh, Cowansville, Quebec, Sutton Quebec, yeah. uh, area. And uh, so Internet comes over a satellite dish or a satellite dish, I think, or an antenna. It's something on the roof. So the wind can't blow and it can't rain too hard and snow too hard. And, uh, and sometimes George just... George is what she calls her mind's nester. It's yeah. a channeling thing. But um, anyway, it, yeah, George has hung up on her more than once. Um, lost my connection completely. Don't waste time trying to get me back. Okay, good. Thanks so much. Uh, that's a real bummer. But uh, uh, it happens. Um, so... I've I've put your website up in our chat room several times, and it will be on our show archive later tonight or first thing in the morning uh, at so firstlighttransformations.com. Just run together, www.firstlighttransformations.com. Um, and uh, so tell us a little bit about what you've got coming up, what you're doing in uh, the well, immediate can... now. <laughs> well, for the rest of the year, I'm... Uh... Not doing anything too serious, <laughs> but uh, I do 
uh, workshops. I travel and do workshops, so I have a workshop coming up um, in Washington, D.C. I will be there over the weekend of uh, January 18th, 19th, and 20th, and I'll be back there again the first weekend of May. And when I travel, I usually do a one- or two-day workshop and then a day of personal sessions. Um, I'll also be going to Iowa and to San Diego, and all that will be, the dates will all be posted on my website. I also do teleconferences since obviously that's a, a wonderful way to reach lots and lots of people all at once. And I'll be doing a teleconference in um, February. Uh, I think it's, I, I usually do them in three parts, so February 20th, 27th, and um, March 3rd. And um, the teleconference will be focused on helping people to live from inspiration from the place of oneness rather than from the usual list of musts, shoulds, and ought tos, but just from that place that is purely you as a being of light expressing in the unique human form that you are. And to have um, the courage to do that and to actually bring you into the experience of oneness so that you can make that your own and that you can live from there. And learn to live without needing to know why, just being present to the moment and being present to the mystery. Um, I can honestly say that uh, the longer I live, the less I know. <laughs> A friend Indeed. was using all kinds of questions, and I used to say, Marianne, I am the world's leading expert on nothing. <laughs> and it's wonderful to know nothing. It's wonderful not to have opinions. It's wonderful just to be with the truth of the moment as it reveals itself to you. So that teleconference will focus on living from inspiration. And I also do personal sessions um, all the time whenever people call. They're about one hour, and they're really focused on uh, your needs. Though, of course, I always uh, want to help people to experience themselves as beings of light and to awaken the memory of light, not just in their awareness, but in their bodies and in their, in their selves, and to help them uh, let go of uh, or heal, whichever way you want to look at it, to heal um, any limiting belief systems, emotional complexity, um, physiological problems. Um, and I also can help them learn to create from light. Um, I had a beautiful experience um, at a Native American ceremony uh, about a year ago, and it was focused on the gifts of the polar bear. And what the polar bear showed me in the, this journey that I took with this wonderful Native American teacher was that the way that we most of us go about healing is, is difficult, it's arduous. I'm talking at, at this uh, point about physical healing. And what the polar bear said was, why not just go into the first light of creation from which everything comes anyway and create something new? Create a new lung, create a new uh, kidney, create a new whatever, and bring that the light blueprint for a brand new perfectly healthy um, kidney, let's say, free of charges into the body. So that's something that I'm also working with with people. So all those possibilities come up um, in the individual sessions uh, to help a person know who, uh, why a person is here, what your major mission is, who you are as a being of light, and to help you dissolve anything that keeps you from living that to the fullest. Um, I think that's it. I, I do, I have been, um, this spring, I hope to do what I call earth retreats, 
Um, And these will combine time on the earth with time indoors. So they'll be, um, you know, not as arduous as as a vision quest. They'll be for people who maybe aren't totally, totally um, at home with the earth, don't want to camp out, that kind of thing. But it will definitely help people to, to connect with the earth and her tremendous, tremendous healing capacity. The earth can heal just about anything. Her healing capacity, her wisdom um, to really connect with the earth, become one with the earth, and let that become as it's appropriate part of their, their growth process. So uh, we do this by taking people to sacred sites and doing ceremony with them and so on. I guess that's I wonderful. Think that's it. That's, that's, oh, that's way more than enough. And. Um, <laughs> But I noticed that you that you mentioned that even in the private sessions, your focus, of course, is always on helping people uh, see themselves from that first light. And right. and that, and and I was thinking, you said, and then in the personal sessions, you know, whatever's the question for the, you know, in the in the person's life. And I was thinking, yeah, but they all have the same answer. <laughs> that first light thing. Uh, that's right. Ultimately, it's about that. And so that's the first thing I do with people is I help them experience themselves as light, to actually have the experience, not just the knowing, the intellectual knowledge, but, but to let them become beings of light and then to bring that light back into the, the memory of that light back into their bodies so that people know that they are vast, vast impulses, divine impulses, and that this human form, this human life is just one expression of who they are and they want to fully express it they want to you know master enjoy being human but that this being human is just one expression of who they are in the big picture so to give them that experience as well yeah yeah because it 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 does so many questions uh just sort of dissolve it's to me it's similar to when uh, you know, if you've anybody that's gone a period not having very much financial wherewithal, you kind of, or at least a lot of people I know, you know, they start making lists of, you know, well, when I, when things get better, I'm going to buy this and buy that and buy the other. Then when they get actually get a sum of money that just appears, they think about it again. They go, ah, I don't really want that. <laughs> and and it's many, many questions that, that I have had have just sort of done that. Like, eh. <laughs> Most of the why questions, if not all, um, yeah. have just gone. Pfft. And um, uh, it reminds me, I was listening to a cryon channeling earlier today, and uh, he was talking about some quantum, you know, what you do here affects what you call the past and what you call the future and what you call non-physical and what you call. And 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 how does that work? I can't tell you. I can't explain it. <laughs> <laughs> and just, don't ask me why. <laughs> I, I, it, just, I, it just is. That's the way it is. It is. And uh, uh, so it is. It, 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 in a very real way, we're certainly, uh, all of us here at Everyday Connection, I think, in agreement with you about your initial thoughts with TM, that if enough people felt that connection, that the world would change. And uh, and I really think okay. that's what we're in the middle of. It's um, shockingly, perhaps, to 
many quote unquote light workers, it's probably not going to just happen while you sleep on the night of the twenty first. Well, you know, I I, um, heard a a beautiful Mayan teacher speak, and everything he said totally resonated with me. He said it's um, as as he as he understands it because he was raised very traditionally that the 21st is simply the culmination of a process that's been going on for a long time, and that is, you know, the transformation of the Earth herself, that she um, will be running on a much higher frequency than when she started. And so this gradual, you know, um, increase, we could say, of the light in the Earth and the way that she functions, which of course affects everybody who lives here on the Earth, it's just the culmination of that. And once the foundation in light is present, then I think we're going to begin to see more of the external changes that the, you know, um, everything in our external lives from government, you know, to, to the details of our own lives will begin to reflect the increased light. And I think we're moving into compassion-based life. I agree. And... Uh... Yeah. And it's, uh, you know, I've heard some people say, well, if you really look at the astronomy of it, it's 36 years. You enter in this little rift thing and one edge and you go out the other edge. It's not so much like a spot, but this is maybe the middle or so many ways I've heard it expressed. Um, but it is, it's a, we're, we mentioned earlier, we're, um, uh, by the way, folks, Jean uh, lost her internet up there in the mountains. So, um I guess I mentioned that already. Um, time does that. Um, but we are having a broadcast on the night of December 20th. It's our regular uh, Thursday night time. And uh, we're uh, calling it the New Age Eve party. Uh, uh, a um, a party 26,000 years in the making. Uh, so, you know, that's got to be a heck of a get together 26,000 years waiting for that one. Um, I know that there's, uh, you know, when I've connected in the, in the way that I do and, and sort of ask about, you know, it, it's like there's big parties going on all over the multiverse. It's just, you know, uh, a big celebration and, um, um, Really, we're in the middle of it, you know, because if you want to call everything, you know, people talk about, well, moons and things, they affect you three days on either side. Well, they affect some people five days on either side. We're right all off up in the middle of the energy of all of this at the moment. And uh, uh, so, again, as we've done on a couple of our past shows, the last one or two, I want to encourage everybody just as much as possible. Try to stay in a peaceful space just between now and the 21st. It's not a long time. Uh, don't, you know, like we were talking earlier, when you get that train of habit, habitual thought going, just interrupt it as often as you can catch it. And uh, and it'll stop on its own accord. Uh, and, uh, but, you know, take a moment, really. There's people that thousands of years ago saw the potential for this time and and uh, it's just remarkable to be able to be here it is incredible time to be alive it, it uh, uh 
I, I, I do believe that if you put it in 3D terms, that there was a huge waiting list for tickets to get in here for this show. So, <laughs> uh, and not not the radio show, the Earth Show thing. Um, <laughs> but we're going to have our friend Stacy, and she'll bring her friends, the professors, and uh, and perhaps others. Others often show up. Um, she had a great uh, meeting on the 11th, the night before the 12, 12, 12, and. Uh, uh, the the professors cry on several of them, you know, say, look, you're just sort of in a tunnel now between the two. Just don't just be, don't just be, just be, just. And uh, because if you try to drag some 3D stuff with you, 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 you it won't go, it won't fit through the door. And you'll be flying right through the door. So when that briefcase you're holding sticks in the door frame, you're, it's a bit of a jolt. So turn it loose. Um, and, and I can, I could tell from the first moment we connected and I heard her voice, uh, that Cynthia is somebody that, uh, if what we've talked about tonight resonates with you, can help you with that. Um, uh, again, all, about all any of us can do is try to help show you, point you in the right direction. And then the rest is up to you. Uh, it's, it's. It's your show, no matter which one of you yours I'm talking to. However, see, language, words get weird. Um, it's, it's up to you, but it's also, it's inevitable. Yeah. You can it's, go laughing or you can go kicking and screaming. <laughs> our, 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 uh, but we're each destined to remember who we are. Yeah. We absolutely are. And, and it's getting easier by the moment for that to happen because there's so much light present for all of us now. And the whole universe, the whole multiverse is, is rooting for us because it's our own self. Yeah. It's who we are. It's because we're, we're all of that. Right. And uh, our friend Dana Merkich down in Australia, we mentioned this on the last show, but it's just so juicy. She said, Look at you can kind of look at it if you want a metaphor or way to look at it. You could kind of look at it if you've ever been on the back of a motorcycle. And the driver's yelling, lean with me, lean with me, or we'll fall over. <laughs> Spaceship Earth, this beautiful being that we call Earth, is turning the corner. And she's kind of pretty much shouting, lean with me, lean with me. You're not going to wow. tump over if you don't lean with her, but it could be for a rough ride or even a case of road rash. So it's up to you. Um, I'm leaning in just about as well as I can find the balance and uh, that's the cool thing about balance motorcycles it becomes natural because that's just where the center of gravity goes so you, it's it's really hard to fight it it really is this enlightenment stuff's hard no it's no <laughs> no it's not it's that other stuff but um, there are big expressions of uh, appreciation and love for you in the chat room as well Cynthia uh, it's just oh. a joy having you with us tonight. Well, thank you. I'm so enjoying myself. <laughs> and uh, Well, that's good. It means we accomplished our mission. We always tell our guests just before the show starts that, look, we're just here to have a good time. And uh, and we love to hear people's story. And if it helps, if it resonates, as we say, pull that thread. See where it goes. It, uh, it's like that present on Christmas morning. I don't know what's in it, but... It's going to be good. 
follow the follow the trail, follow the breadcrumbs, pull the thread, whatever you want to call it. That's you could sum up Cynthia's whole story. That's all she's been doing since she was a kid, practically. There was a thread, yeah. pulled it, and this is where she ended up. And as she said, this was it resonates with her entire being. So this is what she was supposed to end up doing. So all it does when you fight it is just make things difficult. <laughs> it's yeah, you know. You can walk down the trail with us, or and, and your trail's different than ours. Looks different, but we're all walking together. And uh, uh, or you can, we'll, you know, we're not going to drag you. You'll drag in yourself, but you're coming. <laughs> um. Anyway, let me find our calendar. What are we doing? We have uh, we have guests, I'm sure, for next week. Um. Well, of course, next Thursday is the uh, special solstice show, our New Age, New Age Eve party. And on Tuesday, we have uh, author John Williams with us. So uh, it's going to be a wonderful And uh, have a great weekend. Join us on Tuesday. And as I would normally get a response from Jean when I say, and until then, and she would say, Stay connected. Thanks for coming, everybody. Good night. Thank you so much. Night, night. We hope you'll join us again next time. Until then, visit our website at everydayconnection.me. And please like our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash everydayconnection. Think you might miss an episode? No problem. Subscribe to our show on iTunes by searching for Everyday Connection Radio. Subscriptions are free, just like your Everyday Connection. the chance to use reliable energy to grow your money with the Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. Our new investment product offers competitive returns, no maintenance fees, and flexible online access to your money. Make the reliable investment in reliable energy. The Dominion Energy Reliability Investment. To find out more, go online to reliabilityinvestment.com. That's reliabilityinvestment.com. So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life, the only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details.